Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is going on, everyone? And welcome to a late night recording edition of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm asleep. I, we haven't done this in so long. This is the first uh, road game that we've had that has been anywhere near the West, the Western part of the country, in a really long time. And my body is not prepared for this season of, of staying up late to watch these games. Yeah, I'm sleepy, and my hair looks crazy because I was laying on my couch watching the game because sitting up was too much at this time of night. So yeah, I, I don't think I don't think any human body is supposed to still be awake right now. I say that as if it's not twelve oh four a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday, and like we haven't recorded up until one a.m. before, like. This actually really isn't that uncharted territory for us, but it, it just has been quite the day, and uh, it's been a hockey-filled day. Uh, I watched a little bit of American Hockey League before before the Jackets game, and and now I just feel like I've watched a lot of hockey, and I'm I'm broken for it. But what did we just watch? That was so fun! Like that was fun to watch. Like that was maybe the most fun I've I've had watching a Blue Jackets game, and in a really long time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun from like the get. Um and there they came at it with like the right level of energy. I'm like really glad that they went a few days early to Colorado to get adjusted to the altitude because it did not seem to affect them whatsoever. So um we were scoreless in the first period, both teams, but it was still like we killed off two pretty big penalties, which could have really like that. Those two penalties early on in the first period seriously could have completely changed this entire game had we not killed them off. And I think if it's last year, right? Like, I mean, like. I think about how this team found itself in these situations pretty often where they would, you know, play well to start a game. Uh, they would, you know, uh, make the appropriate moves. You know, they came in good strategy. First period's all right. First period's not bad. Uh, and and then and then it goes bad in the second period. And it started to do that tonight. It started to do that tonight. And... Uh, the ghosts of Blue Jackets past really, really haunted me, but they didn't need to. No, because hero number one of the evening, Mr. Jake Bean himself, got us on the board in the second period, um, which was just, I mean, two thumbs way, way up. Uh, he, like, the energy completely shifted. Um, we were down to nothing, um, at the time it was looking very much so like every other blue jacket second period of hockey where the wheels were going to fall off and, you know, Corpusalo was just taking 
so much heat um, for a majority of that second period until we got on the board. Um, yeah. And then we just finished out strong because, yeah, because we ended the second period 2-1. Um, um, Which is so important. I- like, that was that was so key because, again, it's that never-say-die attitude that this team has just kind of exhibited in the moments where it's gotten down. Really the only game that I feel like you didn't see that in, I guess it's been two has been against Detroit and, and against New York. But other than that, I think this team has played really well in situations like this where their backs against the wall and where they really could probably just call it a day uh, and, and, you know, go back to Columbus and hope for the best on Saturday against the avalanche but they don't do that. And that, that Jake Bean goal is huge. Gives you momentum going into the second uh, intermission. And the way this team came out in the third period, I haven't seen a Blue Jackets team dominate a period like that in a while. And it just felt like no matter what Colorado did, the Blue Jackets were not going to let them establish anything for the first, you know, 15 minutes of that period. It was just absolute domination and i recognize that the colorado obviously is is dealing with quite a few injuries you know what have you but that's still a really good team that's still a team with nathan mckinnon that's still a team with gabriel landeskog bowen byram who had a really really excellent game for the avalanche it's still a good team and for them to dominate a period like that for the most part we'll get there (laughs) (laughs) was really exciting to watch. Yeah, no, we did not let up. We were going to, uh, what we did was everything, like you said, everything that they threw at us, we had an answer to, whether that just be to be difficult to play against or to score three goals in a row, um, which is something, as Blue Jackets fans know, is not something that we do a whole lot. Um to even get three goals in a game, let alone three goals in the same period. Um, So big ups to our little baby rookie, who is, I am almost a thousand percent sure, solidifying that he is not returning to his junior league. Um, Cole Sillinger gets two goals in the third period, basically being like, hello, sir. I would like to sign all the paperwork. And lease my own apartment. <laughs> um, and then, of course, oh, Captain, our captain, again, again, with a major third period goal, his sixth of the season, um, continues to just be just the most steadfast player on our team, even with, I mean, Lars made a switch in the third period, moving Cole Sillinger up to the first line center position moving Boone back down and Boone had no, like no falter whatsoever, just moved right into that place and was good to go as well as Cole, which means he's leading by example to show a a young player like Cole Sillinger, you adapt to whatever your coach tells you to do and you make it work. And I think too, like that is so much not an indictment on, on Boone's play tonight or just generally over the course of the last couple of games i think just just really the way the that things were shaping up it was a change that made sense at the time there wasn't a ton of productivity from from that top line 
to start the game. I, obviously, like they weren't bad, but like no no real opportunity offensively. And to just do that, to just see, to reward the play that Cole has, has had here, uh, you know, at the start of this game. I mean, he looked, he was so noticeable. I mean, like he was playing in the center position to a T. It wasn't just like he was playing good hockey. I mean, he was playing really good positional hockey. And not to say that Boone wasn't, right? But I think that's a really great luxury that this team has right now in that you almost feel as though you're comfortable saying that your top two centers on this team are probably Cole Sillinger and Boone Jenner. Again, like I know everybody's like Boone Jenner should be on the left wing. I know that's kind of like the school of thought, but like, I don't, this is working. Like, this is like good. Like, and he's playing really well at center and, and again, playing really great positional hockey. And I, I love the idea of Boone Oliver and Gus being on a line together. Like that just kind of makes sense to me. It just feels like, whole i don't know like maybe that's weird to say but it just feels correct the idea of having uh you know danforth chinnikov and oh my god oh roslevic like on that third line you mean hoffman him too i think danforth jesus um yes hoffman danforth has not played yet not once i don't know why (laughs) i even said it but but yeah i think and interestingly enough like he he comes up and plays on the first line after Patrick line. takes an awkward spill. And so the adaptability of this team right now is really good. It's, it's not a team that I think you look at on paper and say, wow, this team is really deep. This team looks really like competitive all the way throughout the roster. I think you look at this team and you, you identify some gaps, but like those aren't coming to fruition. Like everybody's adapting to the position they're being asked to play defensively i mean like this team really in my opinion like doesn't have the business of playing as decently as it has defensively over the course of the last few games because of all the injuries because of of what they're dealing with on the back end right Uh, like but but here they are right like seattle kraken legend gavin bayreuther comes in and and has a decent game like playing alongside of vladislav gavrikov and it's just so interesting to like watch it makes this fun right i know we've talked about how this is a developmental year and that we're probably going to lose you know more games than we win in stretches of the season but i'm holding on to this little piece of the season that we have right now we haven't even talked about how we almost lost this game like how we almost like <laughs> we haven't even gotten there yet because we're both like so high on on how it ended but but man i feel good well, yeah, and of course, I think that speaks too to the energy of this game and the like, the level of calm that was on that bench when we did give up our uh, two goal lead. Uh, we did the the Avs scored two goals in the last five minutes of the third period, basically off of an issue of too many icing calls, um, and then pulling their goalie so they had the extra skater, and Corpy just was left out to dry with those two goals. Um, and it was unfortunate, but the thing is, is last year, had that happened, we would have completely fallen to pieces. Like we literally would have lost in the first eight seconds of overtime. I was going to say, what, what do you mean? If I watched that happen to this team so many times last year (laughs) where they were winning a game and they gave up empty net goals and they lost in overtime so fast. So this was refreshing, but I think everybody was right to maybe have a little bit of PTSD going into that overtime. I think everybody did seem pretty calm, but Gus Nyquist was was pissed at himself. Like, all sorts of mad. 
It was so close. He his attempt at an empty net goal was it was so so close. It really was, yeah. And it, and again, it would have been one of those moments similarly to had we not killed off those penalties in the beginning like it would have been a game-changing moment like that would have been it. Like we would have been done, secured, no problem. Um and I, but I also think and we hinted at it a little bit. I think that there was like a small like bit of oh no going into overtime because Patrick Wine left left the arena <laughs> or left the ice um at about with about seven minutes left in the game um and he did not return <laughs> so um which is not great when he has been the person who has won uh two of our three previous overtime situations so um, he did take kind of an awkward fall um, uh, for anyone who was watching the broadcast. A lot of the broadcasters were not sure what had happened um, or why, like it didn't appear that anything, but like, honestly, like it was like sort of a weird fall that he took behind the net and yeah. it could have been, I mean, you can't outwardly see like groin pulls or, you know, like, that's, what it, that's what it looked like to me. It looks like he the wasn't way. <laughs> yeah. So fingers crossed, it's not anything like crazy. Um, and maybe with the days that we have in between uh tonight and when they play on Saturday, he's okay, but we will we will see. Um, but yeah, then to have to go into overtime and just the smooth transition of Jake Bean to get that final goal. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> it was yeah. so good. And I, and not that like, that's not the most important part of that play. Like obviously like beans goal was great, but I think like <laughs> for ability to hold that puck and like maintain possession on a pass, I think it was from Bean uh you know against the board for him to be able to like hold on to that pass and then be able to make one of his own finding being pretty wide open in the slot and being just firing away right like it was picture perfect i mean it's again like it's everything that you expect for for jacob voracek jacob voracek oh no i said jacob shit um for jacob voracek to do on this team, right? It's his role. It's his role to be a playmaker, to just put the puck on the tape of somebody's stick and, and have them fire away. And, you know, the puck is going to find the back of its, of the net more often than it's not when you're making passes like that. And, and you know what, like, I can't imagine a more perfect scenario for the two teams that that was involving. And, and honestly, maybe even for the two people, like at this point, like professionally, because it's just, what Jake Voracek's doing right now is is really great for this team. He gets his ninth assist in as many games, and I don't think he's slowing down anytime soon. Like, I don't get the impression that he's going to be like, nah, I'm good. I don't need any more assists. I've done enough. Like, but I, it's just, wow. Like, wow. And the two players, this is my favorite part of this whole scenario, the two players who have the biggest impacts on this game tonight Indirect products of the Seth Jones trade. 
Jake being more indirect than Cole Cylinder. Cole Cylinder's pretty direct in that, you know, the pick we acquired from Chicago turns into into Cole Cylinder, but uh, using that second round pick to pick up Jake Bean as well. It's just that's that trade. We we are the winners of that trade tonight. I'll tell you that. Yes, and we are also the winners of those teams because Chicago lost again. I um, thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna beat Carolina. Though. They were winning. Like they like Carolina came back in that game. I was actually like, of of course, right? Like of course, with everything going on in the world, um, of course Chicago is gonna beat Carolina. And end their winnings. I was so pissed. I was like, it's but oh, no, yeah, trust Carolina me. holds out. My fantasy team was quite nervous that Chicago was gonna be Carolina. So oh yeah, because of your I have Frederick Anderson as my yeah. other goalie. And I really need him to needed him to power through this evening. And he did, so we're good. I do love um, that for you. I can't necessarily relate. My fantasy week is kind of going a little slow. We're hoping that things pick up, it'll get busier throughout the week. Fingers crossed. Saturday, everyone's points are going to be all over the place because literally almost every single team is playing on Saturday. I just That's want to know how. I just want to know how every team in our league uh, has thirty-five points or less, except for the team that Kelly's playing, who has fifty. Like, what is going on? <laughs> Poor Kelly. Oh my gosh. Well, back to this game, though. I, you know, it's so hard to like pinpoint the three people that that i think have the biggest impact of this game but you know what it's not hard to do what it's like not hard at all to sign up for DraftKings and to place daily fantasy bets and play daily fantasy sports and so if you're hungry for a big win this week our our sponsors over at DraftKings, uh the DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl has you covered new customers can bet just five dollars on any nfl team to win their game and if they do you win $200 in free bets, winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your estate yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. The, uh, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers, only minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for detail. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. But to your point, Laura, something that I feel very comfortable gambling on is the fact that Cole Cylinder is going to be a Columbus Blue Jacket when we play Colorado on Saturday. And, you know, with that, I'll dive right into my three stars for the game. I know I'm doing that thing where I usurp you again. But, you know, I think I think my third star, I didn't even think about it really all that much. I'm like kind of an asshole because I was like, oh, I'm just going to jump ahead of you. I know who my first and second are, but that's where things get a little complicated here. I think, I think I'm think i going to go with, with Jacob Voracek as my three. Uh, you know, again, just continuing to do the things that he's he's supposed to do on this team. It's, it's been really nice to watch. And and I'm the nostalgic Blue Jacket fan in me, the one that's, like, wearing this old Blue Jackets logo tonight. Like, love seeing it. I'll go... 
I've got to go with. Hmm. It's hard, right? Because like Jake has the game winner. Uh, you know, he he does. I mean, he wins the game, right? <laughs> so it's really hard for me to not say that Jake Bean is my number one star. But I'm thinking perhaps that I need to say that he's not my number one star. Yeah, I do. I really do. So yeah, Jake Bean went too. They made him the number one star of the game. This is not that. This is not that. Bowen Byram was also a star of tonight's game, but he's not going to be a star for us because this is not... Um, Oh my God, I'm forgetting the name of the Avalanche podcast on our network. Hold please for that plug coming up. But, um, oh, Tell It Abs It Is. It's Tell It Abs It Is. It's such a good name. Like, it's so iconic. Uh, but they can talk about Bo and Byram on that podcast. I'm going to talk about at my two, Jake Bean, two goals, of course, the game winning goal. And then I am going to give Cole Sillinger my number one star. Not only does he have two goals, but he has one assist. And so he's got three points on the night. Uh, you know, his, f- I don't know if it's his first multi point game because I don't know if he had an assist in the goal in the game that he scored a goal in. And I'm not going to look, but definitely his first three point night. I feel confident in saying that. And I'm going to give it to the, to the rookie. Wow. I'm going to make this like really easy for us because my, literally my top three was, it's the exact same. So my third star goes to Jakob Vorchek. Um, I continue to be just so grateful. Um, I know it astounds me too um, that he is a part of our team um, because he is a playmaker and he makes us better. And um, yeah, we don't get a lot of the things that we got tonight without him. So um, and then my number two is Jake Bean, um, just really like becoming not only just because he got two goals and he won the game for us, but because he's becoming such, oh my God, <laughs> because he's becoming a, such a good partner for Zach Wierenski. Um, and they are both allowing each other to shine, um, which I think is really important. Um, and so I think Jake is quickly, he's quickly, you know, he's solidifying himself into the the fabric of the Blue Jackets. And I think that's really important. And then, of course, first star, the boy that I can only assume was told on the airplane that he is not going back to juniors, um, Cole Cylinder. Just, I mean, just 18 years old. 18 years old and not only is he great at hockey but like watch him do an interview that kid is just like destined destined is this where where your like biggest problem with Pierre-Luc Dubois comes that way you're like yeah he's so good at hockey but he's literally the world's worst interviewer and I listened to him on 31 it was 31 thoughts at the time his his interview on there where he's just like so well-spoken and so like I am yeah, not unconvinced so that Winnipeg did not hire someone for him, which yeah. is fine. I think that that's such an important thing because you are taking kids who didn't spend a lot of time in like traditional school settings um, because they were probably playing in a hockey school. Um, 
which is a thing. It's like I know, but just to say hockey school was funny to me. Like prep academies, <laughs> yeah, like that yeah. kind of vibe. But um, on, hockey and, school, yeah, yes, hockey school. Um, and so you're getting all of these kids coming into the NHL very, very young, have not had a whole lot of experience in speaking with not even just the press, but like just speaking with people in general that aren't other 18 year olds. Right. Um, so having that natural ability, I think sets Cole apart and you know, I've already forgiven Pierre Le Dubois, like, and I'm very happy that he is improving because I think that oh, that yeah. is a big thing that held him back for a long time was his, nervousness about doing interviews and about having those sorts of conversations because he wasn't confident in himself. But anyway, that's the higher ed help them grow side of me. But, (laughs) um, but no, I think Cole Sillinger is setting himself up for a very long and incredible career. And I'm happy that he is starting it as a Columbus blue jacket and ending it girl. Do not, do not put that energy out there. What the hell is that? Cole's going to get to do what Cam always wanted to do, which is spend his whole career in Columbus. Ooh, okay. Wait, yeah, you're getting really over personal at this point. Like, and now I'm a little bit worried about your energy. Uh, I, I have to say, though, like, how, I, do you really imagine that he went into tonight's game thinking it was a tryout to, like, make sure he stayed? I No, right? Like, it, it couldn't have been. I, I think – I just can't imagine that being a scenario, like – I get the like appeal of not using one of his years, but, but why at this point? Like if you're seeing, like, obviously like you're seeing development happen for this kid, like you're watching it happen before your eyes. And if that development is going to happen in the NHL, like great, it doesn't have to be development that happens in the WHL in college hockey in the AHL. We, we always talk about the AHL because people talk about that as like, if it's as if it's such a punishment to be sent there, but but realistically, right, like, as long as we're seeing development happening for a player, it doesn't matter where it's happening. And and I think that that's exactly where we find Cole right now, is developing really nicely in the NHL and, and just holding his own. I mean, like, looking looking like a man out there. The whole, like, man among boys, boys among men kind of conversation that I think is problematic, but that's beside the point. Uh, you know, he's obviously holding his own out there, which I think is really exciting. And I have to tell you, like, with the way that this one finished up, I'm so excited about Saturday's game. I think it's going to be intense. I could be wrong, but I just get the vibe, especially if Colorado gets a couple of their players back who, who are a little banged up right now. Kale McCarr. I, I don't know if I've seen Kale McCarr play a hockey game. Like, I'm trying to think about when they would have been in Columbus in 2019-2020. Or if I just like missed that game, like that's I think the only season that I would have seen him because didn't he start playing in the twenty? I don't know when he started. No. Anyway, I don't know if I've seen him play in person, so I'm really hoping I get to see him play in person this year. But we'll see. Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting, and you know, as as we said before, these two back to back Colorado games are because we were supposed to be playing them in Finland for the European series. And so it, it does make for some interesting. Um, <laughs> are, I was doing you, my, 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 like, oh, I, the Hunger Games, like, yes, I offer myself as tribute or whatever. Um, I just like that's the sign of respect. That's the sign, like, I'm pouring one out for my homies. <laughs> we love you, Finland. Um, so, 
so yeah, it does make for an interesting thing, like back state side to have these two games still be in the same position that they're in and have to go from Colorado to Columbus, like in such a different, you know, time frame because there is the adjustment of playing in Colorado and then coming back to being sea level um, <laughs> is, you know, a whole other situation. So it's nice that there are a few days in between. Um, but yeah, it will be interesting to see if Colorado gets some of their players back. We are unfortunately not going to be getting uh, Max Domi back in time uh, for Saturday's game. As we found out yesterday, he has been placed in the NHL's COVID protocol after a positive COVID test after Sunday night's game in New Jersey. Um, you know, Max is fully vaccinated, and but Max is also a type 1 diabetic. So COVID plays a really, really, really tricky role in this scenario. So we just hope that Max is, you know, taking care of himself. Um, we know the team is taking care of him and he's got access to, you know, all the necessary resources as he is stuck in quarantine in a hotel in New York um, per the NHL regulations. But hopefully this is the last hurdle we have for Max for a long time because I know that he is anxious to get back out there and play some consecutive hockey. Uh, so yeah, just well wishes to Max. We look forward to him returning to the lineup. Um, and hopefully Patrick Line is okay. And we will see him back on the ice for us on Saturday as well. Yeah, we don't need to be the Columbus Broken Jackets. I would prefer it if, I mean, our blue line is already kind of there. We can call it the Broken Line if we want to. But that sounds kind of like a term that you would use during a union strike. And so we'll probably avoid it. But I do think as you go into Saturday's game, you have some, some storylines to pay attention to, right? Obviously, like we talked about, Cole Cylinder hops up onto the first line. And so will he be there to start the game on Saturday in Columbus? Of course, if Patrick Liney is not healthy, who fills in on that first line? If they bump Cylinder up, is it going to be Gregory Hoffman again? I don't know why I really just wanted to say Justin Danforth again. I don't know what the hell is happening. Uh, and if, you know, it's not, do we see the return? Or if, if Lion A doesn't play, obviously Max will not be able. So will it be time for Kevin Stenland to fill on in? Uh, he's obviously up with the club right now as a scratch. And so... He could fill in. It'll be interesting to see if Boquist gets back into the lineup. It'll. I would assume that you're going to see Elvis start on, on Saturday. This kind of makes sense. I think it kind of alludes. Actually, it's backwards of what we said on the last episode where, where you have Corby start at home. But but nevertheless, like I think it's good to continue rotating these guys every now and again when you get the chance. There's also, also been increased speculation you know, about the possibility of Jonas Corbisalo being moved sooner rather than later. There's been increased speculation that Jack Eichel could be on the move soon and that there is some consideration or conversation from the Sabres regarding uh, Jonas Corbisalo. And so is it possible that the Blue Jackets could be involved in a three-team trade that includes Jack Eichel? I hope it is, and I hope it's one of those situations where, like, you know how when we traded Nick and we traded David Savard, 
they went through other teams first to then be traded to the eventual, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs. I hope that we get Jack Eichel first and then we move him like as part of like the semantics of that. So that way I can buy a Jack Eichel jersey and have it matter. It'll be amazing. But yeah, and part of that speculation with Buffalo is that they would need to get to the cap floor. And so adding Jonas Corposalo could do that. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. They have four goaltenders that all are kind of like same same level, and their goaltender of the future, Uka Pekka Lukanen, who's looked kind of bad this year. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they're stressed, but but yeah, I, that speculation's heating up. And I think the more and more Corby plays well, the more his trade value increases. And so don't be surprised if you see him playing more in order to increase his trade stock. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting next probably couple of weeks. Now, granted, we've heard things about Jack Eichel for months now. Um, and, you know, so it will just, it's always a wait and see as to what's going to happen. He is definitely the most watched trade situation um, out there right now in the NHL. Um, and obviously he, I think, too, you know, we we joked off of the podcast tonight that he's just, hanging out in an operating room, like prepped and ready to go, just waiting for a team to sign off on his surgery so that he can start his recovery process. Um, because currently the Buffalo Sabres are sidelining, you know, a major NHL all-star over some petty bull crap um, and potentially hindering his career. So for me on a personal note, I just hope Jack Eichel gets traded to a team that will allow him to do what he needs to do medically um, and, you know, go from there. But I just need him to get traded. It's been, it, this is ridiculous at this point, right? Like the, the petty bullshit you used, you, you didn't say shit. I, I but I will uh, of this situation where it's like, you know, not allowing teams to access medical records for so long. Just uh, this whole thing has just been so shoddy. It's just been kind of a joke in my opinion it's just a bad look and nobody deserves to be in that situation and quite frankly like i think in some ways the sabers have kind of fucked up his trade stock too like in doing what they've done it's just been handled so poorly and i if you're if you're a sabers fan and if you're kevin adams the general manager of the sabers you're like hoping you don't fuck this up at this point because you've done so much at this point in terms of like the public eye to drop the ball on this. So like, if you do it, if you don't make a good hockey trade, like this is going to be like what defines your career as a general manager. So this has gotten a little out of hand, but before we move to our segment that we have, so we are so excited that we're actually doing this now. It's called here for the snacks. Now you might be wondering why we call it that. Are you wondering why we call it that? Well, I'll tell you whenever Laura, Laura's usually our poll master. Laura's a master of the polls, y'all. Oh, no, not that way. <laughs> Trust me. She said if I was, we'd be able to go to a lot more away games, but uh, sadly I am not. But polls on Twitter, yes. And we always have a glorious fourth option. If you are somebody who doesn't feel like participating in the actual question... You can just tell us that you're here for the snacks. And you know what? 
We are too. We're always here for the snacks. And we're trying to put a little flair on it. We're trying to have snacks that neither one of us have ever had before. And last episode, we tried some licorice from Finland that I have not laid my fingers on since that episode was aired or recorded. But today, today, friends, we are shouting out our listeners in the Philippines who continuously make it so that we're on the top of the charts in in the Philippines. I don't know what's going on, but I love you all. So we have um, Magic Melt Buttered Toast. It looks like it's got like some sort of like a cinnamon moment. Um, it's giving me kind of biscotti, but like not like, I'm sorry, biscotti. Like, but like, it's not like. Yeah, because it definitely says like you're supposed to eat it or like have coffee with it. Yeah, it has like a cup of coffee next to it, which my grandma, my, my grandma Dolly has like literally these coffee mugs verbatim, like. Like literally the exact same mug. So I think I think we should open these. Should we open these? Yeah. So again, this is another find from uh, Jungle Jim. Uh, and yeah, this is for our listeners in the Philippines. This is hard. Oh shit! I don't think it has cinnamon on it because I don't smell anything. Yeah, this is just. This is just bread, son of a bitch. It's just, it's just bread. gonna be toasted bread. Does it not look like it has cinnamon on the package? To you? Hold on, I can't even get one of these little bastards out. This I definitely think this is just a fancy Filipino crouton. What? <laughs> Fuck with croutons. Damn. Oh, the. <laughs> No, there's something on them. Is it salt? Well, it's called buttered toast. Oh my god, I think it's salt. Okay, so so are you gonna cheers, cheers me? Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna cheers. Three, two, cheers. Nice. Okay. Oh no, they're sweet. They remind me of something. What do they remind me of? Oh, they are sweet. That's weird. What do they remind you of? They or they literally taste almost like something. They don't have the same texture, but they do taste like. Have you ever had a digestive cookie? Oh, what? <laughs> they're like. <laughs> I guess they're called digestive biscuits, but like they're like British tea cookies, and they don't really have a whole lot of flavor. Oh, these are really good. I'm really enjoying these. These are so much better than the licorice. See, I love the licorice. I've eaten the whole box. Do you want the rest of mine? Sure. The no, these licorice. are really good. I do feel like I want a cup of tea with them, though. Right. They kind of taste like my mom when we were sick, when we were kids. She used to make us, like, cinnamon sugar toast. It kind of tastes a little bit like them. It's really good. They're very crunchy. I know this is probably not the mood for it, but like some brie on this. Mmm. Right? Are you giving a little sneak peek to our next episode snack? I might be. No, these are delicious. 
Wow. Shout out to the Philippines and their buttered toast biscocho. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, that was really good. I'm definitely having a couple more of those before I fall asleep. Yeah. But speaking so, yeah, of falling here's, asleep. Here's for the snacks. Yeah, right? We're here for the snacks. Speaking of falling asleep, friends, it has been a long night. We've talked about the Blue Jackets. We've talked about what's to come of the Blue Jackets. We've talked a little bit about Jack Eichel. And we've talked a lot about some buttered toast, some Magic Melt Biscocho. How good that was. You were here for the snacks and so were we. But Laura, do you have anything else on your radar before we close this one out? No, I'm just excited that the like two weeks of no home games is going to be over here in a couple of days. And we're going to get to be back in Nationwide Arena to watch the boys play. So that's very exciting. Now, granted, there will be another five-day pause after that game on Saturday um, of no Columbus Blue Dragons hockey, which will be a huge bummer. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just excited for some hometown hockey again. You are not going to handle February well. I'm really not. It's going to be bad news, except for the fact that at least I will get to almost immediately go back into the arena at the beginning of February because I'm taking my niece to see Disney on ice. Do you know what's... It's so weird that they don't use the ice. They don't use the same ice. Yeah, no, they cover it up and put down another. I Like, I get it. They're also only using, like, half of the arena. Right. Because I was helping my mom pick out the tickets and I was like, why is only half of the arena available? And then I looked at like the stage and there's like a whole thing on the one side, probably like Elsa's castle or some bullshit. Um, But so she will be, my niece will be six by that point and she will be very excited. She's such a grown up. She is. She's going to be paying taxes before we know it. Well, Laura, in the meantime, before the game on Saturday, and then obviously between Saturday and then the following game day action, you're going to have to let them know what? You're going to have to let the friends know where they can find us. Absolutely. You can find us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. You can find us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. You can check out our website, subjectivelyspeaking.com, if you want to see it. It's pretty cute. Uh, If you would like to support us in our new segment of snack buying, you can um, purchase some of our merch. Uh, Every little bit counts. You can go to our merch store at subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. We have so many cute designs. I actually need to order myself some stuff because I have no long sleeve items of ours. Um, and that's going to be an issue since it's starting to get cold. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening to us at. Um, again, we don't know why it matters, but it does. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, hit that five-star rating. It helps us get noticed. It helps us move up in the charts and build this little hockey community of ours. And we just can't thank all of you enough for doing so. We certainly cannot. And until we get a chance to connect with you all, 
next Monday when our next episode drops. Uh, we hope you stay well, and we will talk to you about a potential Blue Jackets win again over the Avalanche then. Talk to you all then. Bye.